0: We live inside a dream. Goodbye, wife. Hello and welcome to Stan and Dave Need Wedding Dates, the only podcast that I'm aware of that is about Stanley Kubrick and David Lynch. My name is Eric Keppel.
1: And my name is Jeremy Schmidt. Awoga awoga. That's a spicy <laughs> meatball. Eric, I've been watching a lot of Jim Carrey movies over the quarantine and yeah. uh, watched both The Mask and Liar Liar last night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's a moment in Liar liar th- where he goes into an elevator with a like attractive woman mm-hmm. and just like blatantly like looks her up and down and smiles mm-hmm. at her. Do you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Oh
1: yeah, it's 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 sexual assault <laughs> for sure. <Yeah. laughs>
0: also the there's uh, I can't fucking remember exactly the details, but isn't there there's like a scene in a conference room where mm-hmm. they're like having a meeting yes. that is like uh-huh. one of the funniest things I've ever seen yeah uh but i can't remember (laughs) i can't remember what exactly went on he
1: basically starts roasting the entire conference room full of old men and the like the funniest thing he does is so fucking racist but it's still like oh it it's just so crazy he takes a guy's toupee off his head and sticks it to the wall yeah (laughs) and then does like a native american like uh like chant and everyone is laughing and screaming into the it is like it's one of the most balls out bonkers movies ever i will say this too about jim carrey's performance uh this is a jim carrey podcast now uh his performance in every movie he's in uh, in that era is so crazy but not even like the crazy parts like when he's just being a normal guy it's still crazy like the the, the mm, looks he yeah. gives people and the way he responds to things like especially in the mask he's he's so animated and so overacting but it's just what we wanted back then my dude <laughs> does the does the mask hold up oh my god yes even the effects kind of okay. hold up yeah yeah it's it's it is it is a crazy movie That makes no sense, but you know what? I never, I never thought about this until I watched it last night. But it it shares a lot of of of, uh it shares a lot of things with Beetlejuice. Like Mm. it reminds me of Beetlejuice quite a bit. Like the the way the mask operates is kind of like how Beetlejuice operates, where it's outside of time and reality, and like it's a lot of talking into camera and breaking the fourth wall and um and like literally at one point he does this he does a trick that beetlejuice does in beetlejuice we like remember that scene in beetlejuice where he, he possesses everybody in the dinner and makes them all sing a song
0: <laughs> um no but i could can picture it i haven't seen that Okay
1: yeah time. well the the mask does the exact same thing when he makes everyone sing uh uh the a Cuban Pete that makes all the police like oh, see yeah, yeah. Cuban Pete. Yeah. It's, it's 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 like it's like a one for one like this exact same scene basically but just reinterpret it. It's it's a crazy movie. I it's on um where I, th- I think it's on Hulu right now. I strongly recommend you watch. Okay. Okay. You rewatch the you know,
0: Mask. You know, I've watched I've watched some weird. We got a lot of time on our hands over here in the, <laughs> in the If you're listening to this in the future, uh, this is, we're, we're in the middle of the uh, coronavirus pandemic, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been watching some weird shit too, Jeremy, but I'm going to save it, uh, a little teaser for our for our Patreon episode, which we're going to be doing oh, after this. Oh, perfect, perfect. Uh, Patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. I haven't done it yet, but by the time that you hear this, you should be able to sign up for one cent. Oh, uh, great. Until, well... Who, know, who knows how long this will be going on for. but we we, <laughs> yeah. we we want we want we want our, our fans to uh, be able to access some of our some of our patreon stuff for uh, we can't do it for free I guess technically but page, I think I can set it to one cent so so we'll get that going soon uh, that's patreon.com/ Eric and Jeremy uh, yeah and we're talking about uh, tales from the crypt episodes. We just did another installment of Land, which is our uh, Hollywood conspiracy theory uh, uh, series, I guess that we're doing. And um, yeah, and on this next episode, uh, I'm going to teach Jeremy how to fluently speak Mandarin. Oh, great! So it's Perfect. gonna be a long one. Yeah, yeah. From uh, just the
1: whole the <laughs> whole entire dictionary of Mandarin,
0: right? <laughs> Yeah, well, just you know the essentials. There's the essentials, couple thousand words. Yeah. Okay, great. Like words how to go to turned. the
1: bathroom. Where is the bar? Uh, how do I get home?
0: Yes. Um. Yeah. Exactly. So this is a podcast about Stanley Kubrick and David Lynch. <laughs> where we're in the middle of covering Twin Peaks season two. You know, Jeremy, I think we finally we finally hit that point. I think in the show where it's like. I've, I'm still having fun with it. I think mm-hmm. I think I'll always have fun with Twin Peaks stuff. Yeah. But last episode, I remember I was still like feeling pretty good. Like you know, this is I'm having a great time. Right. Uh, now we're really getting into sort of like <laughs> the, I think the, the the episodes that I think I like force myself to forget about. <laughs> oh, after for I sure. Watch the show again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Are, uh, they yeah. they kind
0: of drag on a little bit. They're a little bit disappointing but there's there's definitely some highlights going on
1: that dragging on is definitely a way to put it i would have to agree with you i also think that hmm, we're almost done i think we only have two episodes of this left no let's see one two three uh, we have yeah we have two episodes after this so okay so we are of our podcast (laughs) of <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 until we we are we are canceled. No, of the uh, that's good. Yeah, so I think that um, I think that we're gonna we're gonna be able to take a quite a big break and hopefully get to a position where we like miss it.
0: Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a good break. Well, we will have like one, two weeks after we finish. We will be covering Firewalk with me because we're going. Uh, chronologically, yeah. but I I think, uh, have you, remind me, have you seen Firewalk with me or no?
1: I haven't, so that's gonna be, and I, and it's good, right? Like, you like it?
0: I really like it. Okay, good. Um, but I wouldn't go in with, like, great big expectations, because yeah. it's, uh some people like it, some people don't like it. I really like it, but you know okay um
1: is, is it is it more along the lines of what we the kind of episodes we've been watching?
0: <laughs> no, no, it's much better and more more suspenseful than that it is is it Perfect. it is there's there's some differences um I guess one thing that I will say that's not really a spoiler is like Cooper isn't really in it,
1: mm okay, he's in it
0: a little bit, but he's not like a main character kind of guy um. It's, it's a lot about it's it's I mean the premise of the movie is it's like Laura's pretty much the last week of her life uh so so yeah so we are going to be discussing uh episodes 20 21 and 22 I believe I hope because those are the ones I have notes for uh yes so checkmate Episode twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jeremy, I've been burning through these uh, these these Blu-ray special features, and there's uh, on this disc that has all these episodes. There are these things called postcards, and I don't know like where they aired or like wh- how they came ab- about, but they are they seem to be from not too long after like the filming of the show. And it's a lot of the main characters have their own individual little postcard video. And it's either them talking about like how they got involved with the show or in some cases, uh, especially in Don S. Davis, the guy who plays Garland Briggs. It's just Mm -hmm. them like talking about whatever, like like just like so for so I wanted to bring up Don S. Davis uh, is basically exactly like Garland Briggs in real life. Oh great. Like just the way he carries himself <laughs> and stuff. And uh in this in his postcard, he does kind of like I don't know why they did this with him, but they're like in his house and they do sort of like an MTV Cribs style like let's see Don let's Davis check, house.
1: Let's go check his house out. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> he's got an adorable uh black lab puppy that he's just like can't stop like petting and like looking at. It's it's very it's very heartwarming. Uh, turns out this guy is, like, a really good, like, wood, like, woodworker. A carpenter? Uh, carpenter, yeah. A carpenter and, and, like, uh, uh, fuck. Um, he makes, like, sculptures and shit out of wood. Like, I don't Uh, know if there's, there's like, another term for it. But wood carving, (laughs) maybe. But he's also a painter and an illustrator. And he's talking about how he got into acting because he thought that uh, it would be a good job for him to, like, not have to work too much so he could focus on his art.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like that that if you, like, try to become an actor in that way, like, I feel like he maybe, like, lucked out. Like, he's very good at acting and stuff. But that's kind of crazy to just assume, like, oh, I'll just be an actor because then I could make a lot of money and then, like also have a lot of free time
1: dude I know that is so that is so <laughs> crazy that like there are people out there who are like oh man I really want to work on cars I, I guess I'll go be a painter to fund my car building <laughs> you're like what those are two things I never thought you would make money at like how did you right. how did you use the harder thing it is to break into to make money to do the thing that like people like carpentry is a skill that you could get a lot of jobs doing you know it's like it's like that's a necessary skill for people to have Whereas is acting debatable <laughs> yeah
0: yeah um yeah so this is episode 20 it's called checkmate um we're finally the episode titles at least like correspond with things that happen in the show again, yes
1: at least this case. one does i <laughs> uh jury's out on the rest we'll, we'll take them case by case
0: uh directed by todd holland written by harley Payton. I listened to an interview with Harley Peyton, by the way, and he's a uh, he's he's a very smart, cool guy. He he's the one who came up with the um, Harold, the Harold character. We have him to thank for that. But,
1: oh, really? <laughs> yeah.
0: But other than that, he's 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 pretty great. Does he, uh, does he
1: talk about how like like
0: by chance maybe they ruined
1: his idea for Harold <laughs> or like was that actually his idea? <laughs>
0: no, it sounds pretty close to what he, to what he had in mind. Uh, huh. Okay, so Garland Briggs uh, sitting on a stone seat in the woods. It's a pretty wild shot. Uh, yeah,
1: I love this shot, by the way. It's also, if you go to the the episode's Wikipedia page, which is, I'm assuming, what you're on also, the the image for the episode is the shot of him hmm. sitting on that, that stone throne.
0: Oh, yeah. Much like I'm sitting on right now. Oh, uh, really? Only it has a little carving in it for me to take a shit into Good, good good well, uh, you
1: need that
0: <laughs> doesn't flush though uh he says he remembers <laughs> stepping from the flames a vague shape in the dark then nothing else until he found himself at the uh two-day-old campsite uh the major is at the sheriff's conference room with truman and cooper dr hayward photographs the back of briggs's neck uh, he's got these little, uh, these three little uh, triangles there, right? Kind of almost looks like a like hazard sign or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, um, like a toxic.
0: Yes. Nu-
1: nu-c- nuclear. Yes.
0: Uh, the Major recalls seeing the image of a giant owl. Hayward displays the photograph. We see the, uh, the mark behind the ear there. Uh, Major Briggs becomes very upset, wonders if his experience was meant for his soul. Uh yeah, this is a good. I, I like this. Um, yeah, it, it was cool Coop- to
1: see him shaken because he's been so stoic, and uh, the major has always seemed to have it together. But then yes. in, in this moment, he seems to you know genuinely frightened of of something.
0: Um, Cooper suggests he start at the beginning. The major asks if they're familiar with Project Blue Book, uh, the Air Force investigation into UFOs uh, that ended in 1969. Major says some continued the effort, uh, unofficially both to examine the heavens and, and in Twin Peaks case, uh, the earth below. He says they are searching for the White Lodge. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess is below the earth. Uh, they are interrupted by two MPs who on orders from Colonel Riley, uh, take uh take major briggs cooper examines the photograph a few drops of water drip from the overhead sprinkler um much like they do in uh i think, remember the last time the sprinkler went off was when uh fucking leland when they when they like cornered leland and like by he turned into bob right. or whatever
1: that's right yeah yeah mm-hmm.
0: so i don't know that might be significant in some way uh Inside the sheriff's office, Denise urges Ernie to make a phone call. Cooper enters. Ernie calls Jean Renault uh, and tells him he has the out-of-town buyer. Uh, Andy and Dick plan a visit to the orphanage to check out uh, Nikki's adoption papers. I could do without this. Oh my <laughs> god! This, on the this, Andy and Dick stuff.
1: This is so insane, dude. Like this is this is ramped up to a level that I'm not sure. Is this the scene where the parents come in looking for a, their new son they're gonna adopt? And, it ends, I, and if the, not,
0: it's coming up. Yeah, and but, then
1: Andy yeah, and Dick pretend they work there, and then Dick tells the parents that their son died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, like the the show like can do comedy really well, but this just seemed like so out of like tone for the show it's just like very this is like a fucking like uh hmm what's a sitcom in the early this is like a home improvement like bit or something yeah like doesn't fit into the show at all uh lucy tells cooper she has checked all the personal columns uh in national newspapers and found nothing that looks like a chess deal and no name like wyndham earl uh ed tells norma they need to talk uh Shelly and Bobby argue about who feeds Leo. Bobby says he's not coming back. I believe he says he has baseball practice or something.
1: Yeah, he says he has baseball practice, and then he says that he's Ben Horn's golden boy. And so that and so why would he have to feed Leo Johnson if he's, you know, hot <laughs> shit over at Ben Horn's house or whatever. Yeah.
0: Um still unclear exactly what he's doing for Ben Horn over there, but uh James has Ed uh send him the money in his savings. I can only imagine how much that is. Do they do they say? I can't remember. I don't know, yeah. I, I don't, would be I don't funny. think so, yeah. Uh Evelyn kisses James in the garage, says so she needs help. Yeah, uh, this is
1: all very horny and hot. What do you think, Eric? Did you do what do you think of their relationship? Older woman, younger man?
0: I mean it would be it would be better if I like found either of them like charming. <laughs> I guess. Charming,
1: attractive, or yeah, watchable. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um Yeah. Uh Mike tells Nadine he doesn't want to know her, but uh she kisses him anyway and pushes him. Uh also Norma- very hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh Norma suspiciously leaves to run errands. Uh, Truman visits Josie at Blue Pine Lodge. Uh, she says she is safe, and there is then that she is no good for him. Also, not huge into this <laughs> this side story no, either.
1: This is terrible. It's it's. She's in a maid's outfit, and he's all yeah. trying to like kiss on her neck, and she's clearly like, "I'm i I'm like a slave now." <laughs> like, it's really weird. <laughs> the implications all of, of th- it are so weird. <laughs>
0: All of these side stories are like have to do with like a a relationship that has yeah. like is going through some form of turmoil, um, and
1: not for nothing. But like Twin Peaks doesn't really do romantic entanglements particularly well. It's not like it's not like we came to the show for these. You know, I think there's a couple of relationships that I liked, like Norma mm-hmm. and um, and Big Ed. that was like that was like a relationship i could watch on screen i I didn't like the implications of their relationship and that he was cheating on his mentally ill wife but i do i did think they were like at least they worked together you know but every other like relationship is like ben horn and Catherine cooper and audrey uh james and donna it's all like really hard to watch (laughs) uh kind of Kind of, and also just sort of like, if you step back and think about what this relationship is and it would look like in real life, you're like, oh, God, like, awkward. <laughs> um, so yeah. I, 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 I'm bummed, overwhelmingly bummed that the show went in this direction at all or veered in this way at all. It's like, we want to see more weird... Uh, crimes and and like and like uh, you know, hauntings and stuff. Not uh, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. This to me is like whoever is sort of involved at this point is like maybe not in touch with like why people why the show became successful in the first place and why people kind of got hooked on it. And right. I mean, again, they weren't like planning on killing uh, or like revealing the killer so soon and stuff like that. Um, That might have, you know, uh, rusted up the gears a little bit. But this is like, I mean, I I would take a half-baked, like, fucking, I don't know, more of a, like, crimey, like, like, fun, like, supernatural storyline that's, like, at least suspenseful over any of these weird uh, sort of, like, relationships that we're supposed to care about. Because I don't really give a shit about pretty much any of them (laughs) at this point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Audrey finds Ben deep in his reenactment Of Gettysburg Uh, She tells him he needs help And uses the phone to call her uncle Uh, Norma visits Ed And they declare their love for each other With embraces and kisses Um, I think they bone too, right? Or no Uh, That's implied
1: Yeah Did we skip the scene Where nadine beats the shit out of hank
0: no i think that um is that coming up norma visits ed and they declare their love for one i think that's coming up okay cool i think that's coming up uh in truman's office hank uh hawk tapes a transmitter to ernie's abdomen ernie visibly nervous claims he suffers from uh, Hyperhydrosis when Hawk complains about Ernie's sweating. Uh, Ernie starts to recall Korean War experiences. Cooper makes Ernie review his plan to take Denise to Dead, fro- dead Dog Farm to meet Renault. Uh, Truman deputizes Cooper so he can go with them. Uh, Cooper pins uh, deputy badge number 13 on as Denise enters, uh, dressed as a man and calling herself Dennis. Uh, so that's fun. So Cooper is now like a deputy. Yeah, I, guess, I like this he's...
1: scene because, and I love his response to being deputized is like, "Do you really think I could do it?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um, hold on one second here. Oh, uh, so that, that was me cracking my knuckles. Yes. Um, Wait.
1: What? 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 What beverage are you? Um, are you drinking?
0: This is a tangerine Lacroix. It's it's nice. very good. I- much different, much preferable to the orange LaCroix, which they also have out there.
1: I do not uh, like the orange. I do like the pomplamous and the pomplamous and the Tangerine are similar, I think.
0: Mm. In- indeed. Uh, wind blows through the trees as Dick and Andy enter the office uh, while everyone is at lunch. Okay, so this is where Dick, they search the files, and then the those the parents, the Bernstons, come in. Cool. And yeah, Dick I, tells them that they're, the kid is like, dead
1: in both cases i've in this and in the nadine being the shit shit out of hang i've got i like jumped the gun a little bit on (laughs) complaining about those scenes but i thought like that scene was crazy this dick and andy scene where he like he blurts out your son is dead dead tired that i mean i I, like the whole time I'm just like i would fucking kill this guy i would ring this guy's neck if if he like if he first tried to tell me that somebody was dead and then was like, no, I'm, I mean, dead tired. Like what?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And there's also like the very like corny moment, uh, like right before the scene ends where he's like, now, where were we? Yes. Very. Yeah. I don't know. It seemed like lazy writing or something to me. Um, Donna visits. I, I guess I'm like going hard on this episode. It's not good though. I, no. I did write down in my notebook that this is like maybe my least favorite episode. Yeah, for um, me,
1: it's definitely. It might be the next one after this, but this one is is pretty pretty bad.
0: Uh, Donna visits Ed. asks about James. Ed says he uh, tells her about James's phone call. gives her the money to take to the bar on ninety six. Uh, she leaves. Ed turns to Norma, who kisses him and leaves. Uh, Ed closes the door. Here we go. This is where Hank shows up and starts to beat the shit out of Ed, and then mm-hmm. Nadine enters and beats the shit out of Hank. Yes, throws him through a wall. Which is this scene yeah. is kind of excellent. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it's not bad. I, I mean, I yeah. yeah. Um, well,
1: because it's like it's it's a it's a classic like setup and payoff where they've been setting yes. up that Nadine is so strong, and the whole time you're like a why are they doing this b even if i knew i don't think i care like i don't yeah. care about why she's so strong it's very cartoony but then when ed is his life is threatened essentially nadine comes in and saves him and i think that that is that is a good setup and payoff like i i like that they at least yeah. used her strength in the plot in any way <laughs>
0: Yes, and you like to see you like to see Hank get the shake kicked out of him. That's yeah, that's
1: awesome because he's like he also gets he also gets beat up like a cartoon character where he's all like boy oy 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 when he gets punched in the face. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, he didn't he didn't get a roundhouse kick in this time. No,
1: like would have been uh, cool <laughs> in the R-
0: double R. Uh, in his office, Ben uh, tells Bobby about a Civil War battle. So this is like a little disappointing to me that I didn't realize. I guess. the uh, the other times i've watched this show but ben is like he's on the confederate side yes he's a confederate
1: general which i don't i i was kind of weirded out by that but then i was like this is kind of in keeping with ben horn's terrible personality and terrible character i don't know if i love that that is uh, i don't know if the show necessarily thinks that though you know like i don't know if the show is trying to say like He's a bad guy and the Confederates were bad. I think, like, for a long time, it was very reasonable to have Confederate ties or, like, to defend the Confederacy. Like, I even remember growing up, this is a little aside, but I remember growing up and in, like, Texas in high school being taught, like, Civil War era history and it being very balanced, you know, not mm. like there were good guys and bad guys, but like both sides had good points, and I think okay. that's where you get a lot of like civil war reenactments from, and uh, it's entirely bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so nuts. And um, you know, if you if you're dressing up in a Confederate outfit and going out there and in and, and reenacting a civil war scene, you really gotta take a little inventory on like just exactly. What is it the fuck you're doing? And whose side are you on here? Like, why? <laughs> what is the point of that? I don't know, Eric. How do you feel about civil war reenact reenactments?
0: Um, I kind of get it. I I mean, like, I mean, I don't, I I like understand how it why it exist, like how it exists. I guess I don't necessarily get why, but like, there is kind of just this sort of like romanticization of uh, like war and you know, period. People like to, you know, certain people like to, you know, uh, live in a certain period for for a moment, and right. uh, you know, one thing that I that I heard uh, in I think the interview that I was listening to with Harley Payton is he uh, he said that around that in the 1990s there was a Ken Burns uh, documentary series about the Civil War that people like went nuts for. It was like yeah. very, very popular. And this storyline is kind of like that that kind of like I guess influenced this the storyline as they wanted to get something Civil War related in there. I love that.
1: That's kind of that is that is like a cool man, that you're getting a lot of good knowledge from those uh those bonus features, my dude. A lot of historical oh, context for this epi- for like these episodes too, which is like it's good to know because yeah, I guess now that you mention it, I do remember that Ken Burns had a smash successful Civil War documentary, but I, I didn't know when it was. And and it's interesting to think about how that affects other TV or the greater, the greater medium at large, you know?
0: Right. Um, and uh, Audrey, uh, as Peaks in, uh, addresses Bobby's General Meade. Bobby says that he has to go talk to President Lincoln and leaves. Outside, Bobby tells Audrey that Ben has flipped. Audrey says Uncle Jerry will be home uh, on the next plane, and Dr. Jacoby will come b- over tomorrow. As they leave, Catherine enters and goes into Ben's office. Mm-hmm. Ben tells her to go ahead and gloat. Uh, Catherine says she didn't come to gloat. Uh, refers to Ben as slimy rat bastard American. Americanus. americanus yeah she's okay.
1: it's like something you'd see maybe in a museum like uh, a uh like an old like you know you go to a museum and you see like a neanderthal and it's like genus americanus humanus like uh mm. like yes. uh the the technical scientific term for the species
0: yes yes uh they hug and kiss very weird uh <laughs> James leads a blindfolded uh, Evelyn to the car. She looks at it. Uh, she says Jeffrey will be home at midnight. They drink champagne. Uh, asks him not to leave. Uh, they, I guess, just like fully like start to bone on in yeah. the middle of the driveway there on a car. Uh, while Malcolm, who we at this point still think is Evelyn's brother. Right. Is watching them. <laughs> yeah, creepily. he's watching
1: them and like furiously jerking it too.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. which I thought, uh, it's kind of crazy they allowed that on TV back then. I know,
1: but. I was like, what Ken Burns documentary is this uh, an homage
0: <laughs> to? <laughs> uh, Truman and Cooper watch er, uh, Ernie, uh, Jean, Denise, and Officer King through binoculars at Deg Dog Farm, while Hawk listens to their conversation over the radio. Uh, Ernie rambles about... Hyperhidrosis and yellow fever as Denise uh, ch- tries to hurry them. Uh, King tells Jean that Ernie's shirt is smoking, and Hawk tells Truman and Cooper that he's his wires dead. Uh, King and Renault emerge using Ernie and Denise as shields. Cooper exchanges himself for the hostages, and Truman tells Hank to call the state police. So, right, a whole lot of stuff going on there uh, Very at night. Cool. Under a half moon, very important, uh, Evelyn leans, <laughs> leaves James' bedroom and meets Malcolm, who asks about their boy. Uh, she says he is sound asleep, dreaming of love. Malcolm and Evelyn kiss and embrace. Uh, Evelyn's uneasy. Weird stuff. Yeah, um,
1: I'm not sure what to make of this scene. I don't think the audience is, too, because in this moment, you know, she's kissing her brother, which is... Yeah that's pretty cool and then but then she gives a forlorn look off camera like as if she's having reservations and you're kind of like wait what are you i thought now the reveal was that you're a villain but now you're a good guy again you know i I mean i guess it's complicated eric the writer might even say it has
0: nuance (laughs) sure sure (laughs) Uh, The state police arrive at Dead Dog Farm Inside, King suggests they deal or run Uh, Jean asks Cooper if they will deal And Cooper tells him his only option is to surrender Jean debates whether to give up uh, quietly or to kill Cooper Uh, When asked why, Jean says Twin Peaks was a quiet uh, bed of drug dealing Before Cooper arrived, his presence threw everything into a nightmare state uh, he tells Cooper that if he should die, maybe the mm-hmm. nightmare will die with you. Uh, Denise shows up with a tray of food, uh, and Jean does not recognize her, decides to let her in. Uh, she lifts her skirt to reveal a gun, mm-hmm. uh, at which point Jean's eyeballs pop out of his head like a cartoon character. Yes, yes. Uh, and then Cooper grabs the gun, shoots Jean, uh, as J- Denise jumps king, Truman and the troopers break for the house as Jean collapses dead. Denise credits Truman with the idea of bringing the food. So, <laughs> that uh was <laughs> that happened? Um yes, it did. I don't know. It seems like th- like this kind of thing should just feel like they're they're just there were just kind of like no stakes for me, I guess. I was like, sure. "Well, I mean, we're getting some action, but it's like what is what is, what's why do I care? <laughs> you know. Like-
1: yeah. No. And I get that. I. I also think that. Um. It's. It's. It's strange. It's starting to just feel like kind of like one of the like, the campiest, hackiest shows in the universe. And and it's weird. It's like, Eric, if I if I created a show. And it had a specific tone, right? And maybe that tone was like very closely linked to me as a person, like me as a creative. Mm. And then I handed the show to you and I was like, Eric, based on what you've seen before, carry this show through. You'd probably make something that looked a lot like what we had seen before, but didn't have that special kind of it factor because... Mm. And that's what I and that's what I kind of feel like is going on here. Like the show is so t- closely tied to David Lynch, and it it's almost like if someone tried to make a cheap imitation or a knockoff of like a David Lynch show, this is kind of what would happen because it's yes, it's not like um it's not like we didn't have goofy shit before, right? It's just that right um. I guess it all all served a a weird purpose in that it created a tone and an ambiance that is just gone at this point. Like, now, you're right. I don't care as much about the characters. I'm not invested in what's going on. I don't particularly find anything... I don't particularly find the stakes that interesting. And there's no common goal now. Like, once the murder was solved... You know, they didn't replace it with another goal. It's just sort of things happening in a vacuum and yeah, maybe it's all going to lead to something. We kind of trust that it will. But then the show is also trying to carry itself on its relationships, kind of like we discussed. And that doesn't work, especially when it's in the hands of, I think, people who are trying to approximate what made the show special and can't quite hit it. I don't know. That's my, yeah. that's kind of my take is that it, I don't think the people who are working on this are not talented. I don't think they they aren't trying. I think they're just right. It's just tough because you know, Lynch has like this kind of like this vibe that's like I don't know. He like he he kind of goes with his gut and his and his gut sort of dictates like where things go and in in, in this situation you know you don't have that gut there and i could be totally wrong here i mean i I assume lynch is not really involved at this point
0: well uh harley payton did say that like there's sort of this conception that like lynch sort of checked out for a lot of season two and he said that's that's actually not true that Mm -hmm. he's like around like he was he was like throwing his hat into the ring so to speak on on like a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um he was just it seems like he was maybe more of in like a sort of like producery consulting sort of thing like yeah. providing some guidance but uh another thing that uh not to talk about this interview too much is very good. It was from um I listened to it on the the wrapped in plastic podcast which is very good. The interview. I also listened to one with hot Haw- the guy who plays Hawk uh which oh, is very neat. good. Michael Horse. But um, he, he said that David Lynch would uh, write, um, or, or no, sorry, Mark Frost, they didn't have a writer's room. What they did would do is Mark Frost would r- write like a detailed outline of every episode and then just like hand them out to people and just be like, you know, write, write it, turn it into a script or whatever, uh, right. which I think is, is kind of interesting. Um anyway, a record player uh plays uh, at Shelly's house as the lights dim and Shelly wakes up. Uh we're in like full on horror movie mode at this point. Uh gets off the couch, looks for Bobby, finds a clown doll. Uh the lights dim again. She sees Leo wearing a party hat. He says, oh, yeah. "Shelly." And she screams, lights go out. Uh Ooga Booga scary stuff <laughs> uh, Yeah
1: yeah, outs- Yeah. Booga okay.
0: At this point I also It started to dawn on me that like These people have been living in like a house With basically like That doesn't have like two walls In like yeah. Pacific Northwest In February Yeah
1: <laughs> Yeah it's uh they live in what is uh, Essentially a squalor
0: Yeah um, uh, Outside uh, the darkened sheriff station Truman asks Lucy about a bomb report Lucy tells him there was a voice on the phone And said there was a bomb planted in the woods uh, There was a huge explosion Lights went out Lucy calls the fire department There were two fires One being at the power station Hawk goes to check the generator Cooper enters the station And calls to Harry from his office Harry enters and sees a body with long hair Tied to a chair With one hand pointing to a chessboard Cooper says it's Windham Earl's next move. So there we go. That's uh, Checkmate. Checkmate. Uh, Windham Earl wins. Up next, we're talking double play, baby. Written by Scott Frost. Mark Frost's brother. Directed by Uli Edel. Uh, Jeremy, wh- how do you feel about taking over uh, reading this reading, reading? Oh, I feel
1: great paper? about it. Yeah, let me... Uh... Let me get started here. Um, Uli Adel, do we know, has have they uh, directed any other episodes
0: that we know of? Not that I'm aware of. I have not seen that name otherwise.
1: He's a German filmmaker who directed, yeah, I guess only this episode. He's best known for his films, Last Exit to Brooklyn, and Body of Evidence. I've never seen either
0: of those, but... Oh,
1: yeah, may, Last Exit
0: Till Dennett. Dun, dun. <laughs> Brooklyn.
1: Brooklyn. <laughs> um, a chess pawn is found in the mouth of a dead man. Cooper accurately predicts that the stab wound would be found on the body. Hawk announces that he found one set of footprints leading to and away from the sheriff's station. Cooper explains his undoubting belief that Wyndham Earl is responsible for the crime. Audrey explains. Business dealings with her father to Bobby, especially concerning Horn's current mental state. Mm-hmm. Shelly calls for Leo as the lights in their home pulsate. She tries to escape from him but cannot open the door. She makes a dash for the back door but is hit by Leo's wheelchair. Unable to open the door, she finds a kitchen knife. She cuts a hole in the home's unfinished wall and calls for help, but Leo throws her to the floor. Bobby soon arrives as Leo approaches uh, Shelly with an axe. Hearing her screams, Bobby goes inside, and just as Leo prepares to kill Shelly, he tries to disarm him, but is pinned to the wall. Shelly finds the kitchen knife again and stabs Leo, who then exits.
0: Runs into the yeah, woods, so mind you, screaming. He runs into the, Yeah, he sounds uh, very not good.
1: Right. He or sounds like Frankenstein's him, yeah. monster, <laughs> like just yes. howling yeah. at the moon as he runs <laughs> yeah. away. Yeah, this was um, genuinely terrifying I thought. I thought this was pretty well done.
0: I actually yeah, I I did this was one of those moments uh that's actually like pretty good. Uh as sort of like a boring bored of this storyline I've I've gotten the, it yes. kind of at least like resulted in in something.
1: Yeah, and there's a slightly exactly. different framing of this uh, scene where um, we've seen a man be tortured in a chair for days and days, and now he's finally getting revenge on his captors. <laughs> that's <laughs> yep. that's how I read it. As opposed to uh, a, a killer is stalking teenagers, I'm like, no, this is about this is about a man who's finally got his freedom. Um, Harry confirms to Cooper his mutual belief that Earl was responsible for the murder and offers to let Cooper investigate the case, as he was still considered a deputy. Hawk announces that Hank Jennings was not at the bed. was not at the. by? Due to being in the hospital? I don't know what that means. I think that might be a typo. Claiming to have him been hit by a bus. <laughs> And that he had uh, been charged with several parole violations. He also informs them of Leo coming to and attacking Shelly. Basically an exposition dump here. Yep. Yeah. Andy tells Lucy that they needed to talk about Nikki due to his and Dick's belief that he murdered his own parents. This upsets Lucy, saying that neither he or Dick were capable fathers. So, yeah, this is a bullshit Fucking plot where two guys who don't know if they're the father to a baby start to become friends with each other and go on hilarious hijinks that involve accusing a child of murdering his parents. Um, Yes, I hate. Uh, Yeah, I just hate this. It's just, it just sucks. It's just, it's just not fun or funny. Um, Yeah, and I don't even
0: know like (laughs) whose side I'm supposed to be on. Like, what I like, even if I did care, like, what, what's where am I supposed to fall on this? <laughs> like,
1: yeah, are you supposed to side with Lucy? Are you a Nikki fan? Like, yeah, that's a good question because it's operating in like, uh, psychologic. So,
0: yes. And real quick, the podcast that I mentioned earlier is called. I think I said the name wrong. But it's it's twi- it's Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I just wanted to. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, uh, make sure that I got the right name there in case people wanted to check out those interviews.
1: We should. Um, we should uh, merge. Not merge shows, but like we should do a, a crossover episode with
0: them. We should. I think we follow each other on Twitter. We'll Yeah, um, we should I'll reach out. We that. should
1: reach out and see if they want to do something. Maybe we'll do like a, yeah. a quiz show to see who knows more. Yeah. Um I yeah. <laughs> yeah. James is introduced to Evelyn's husband, Jeffrey Marsh. I like Jeffrey. Is he supposed to be the one who's beating her?
0: Uh Jeffrey. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. He
1: is supposed to be the one who's beating her. Okay, I don't like him so much then, but I couldn't remember. See, that's how long it had been since we got anything solid from this storyline, where like I knew she was being abused. I guess I I thought it was from her brother who was hitting her.
0: Right. But it's supposed
1: to be her husband, right? It's her husband. Okay. So and this
0: guy does. Does this guy look familiar to you? Because he looks familiar to me.
1: He kind of looks like Jeffrey actor. Tambor a little bit. Okay. In um, okay. In like the Larry Sanders show. Or or Jeffrey Tambor in Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> like bald, kind of big, or balding, kind of kind of bigger. Anyways, right. Evelyn offers to let James continue to stay, and Jeffrey takes his car for a fatal drive <laughs> oh, shit at the double r diner ed talks to dr hayward about nadine's wish to start dating boys hayward suggests giving her a curfew norma then brings ed an extra sa- serving of potatoes and the doctor asks yeah. why donna took the car to see james what were we gonna say about nadine
0: <laughs> so yeah, th- i th- there's a moment where ed says like uh, Hayward asks if she's like sexually active, and Ed's like, "I wake up like feeling like I got hit by a truck every morning." <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that means
1: yes. Yep. Super. Su- I mean, and so Ed is actually getting it from all angles at this point. He's got some Norma. He's got some Nadine. He's like at a salad bar, a sexual salad bar,
0: right? <laughs> he's got two two women in the in the bed at one point coming up.
1: Oh, I know. Yes. In a scene that well it shook me doc leaves and tells norm and norma tells ed that hank was in the hospital after having a tree fall on him ed clarifies that this tree was actually nadine beating him up and the two then discuss their plans for finally being together evelyn goes to james's room to find that he has been packing though she attempts to make him stay Cooper it's it's, wrong it's yeah oh this is when yeah James tries to do acting that's right and he 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 yells in a way that I've only really seen like Bobby do like Bobby and James the two youngest uh, boys on the show tend to think acting means just yelling really loud. Right, right. (laughs) Um, Connor observes a chessboard, explaining to Harry that he and Wyndham played chess every day for three years, Earl winning every game. Cooper then explains that his affair with Earl's wife, Caroline, and his belief that it was Wyndham himself who murdered her. I also love the way that Cooper tells this story that only a writer could conceive of, where Cooper is telling his buddy, we're we're supposed to believe that they're friends, and that Cooper is telling him a, a story. Who tells a story this way, where he's like, I had an affair. I, no, I, 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 uh, I fell in love with Carolyn. She was beautiful, uh, and then she died. And, and Truman's like, "What happened?" He's like, "Well, she was Earl's wife." Like, like he reveals <laughs> it like the most important detail later in the story. It's just like, yeah, the fuck are you doing? Just tell it straight up. Oh, I was cheating. I was having an affair with my best friend's wife. I think he might have killed her. You know what I mean? Like. Like, the yeah. way he unveils it is a way that only Cooper only Cooper can.
0: Yeah, also, I like the Wyndham Earl stuff. I, I will say that this, like, this doesn't, like, I maybe would have gone with something else other than, like, if you're trying to, like, keep Cooper as sort of, like, the protagonist character, uh, maybe you don't have him, like... <laughs> yeah is like cheating on i guess like uh like hooking up with people's wives and stuff
1: yeah That's i mean i like the not, i like the backstory better when i thought that just they because we already knew that there was a woman who yeah. died like we already knew that we knew that episodes ago so i'm like i like that better when like this guy just went insane after they lost one of their people they were trying to protect as fbi mm. agents Like, that's good enough for me. Like, you don't need more than that. You don't need, like, scorned love. But as we learn from shows like this and Tales from the Crypt, like, everything has to be about love or I guess they didn't trust that the audience would pay attention. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Donna arrives at Wally's hideout and orders a coffee. Mm -hmm. Evelyn sits nearby and hears Donna ask the bartender about James. Evelyn explains to him... Evelyn explains to him the work he did for her... Uh-huh. But tells Donna that he left the previous day for Mexico.
0: Yes, and then she leaves a full martini on the counter and just leaves the bar. That is a <laughs> that is an noticed. alcoholics power move right there. If you yeah. can uh,
1: if you can leave a full drink at a bar you're you're at, take one sip and then just leave the rest. You are oh, a yeah. uh, you you. That is a level of control I don't understand. No. Uh, ben toys with his miniature Civil War reenactment. With Doctor Jacoby as Jerry arrives to see his brother's current state for the first time, Jacoby explains that Ben much uh, that Ben must reach a victory for the Confederacy to return to a normal state. Ben mm. raises a flag and begins singing "Dixie" with Jacoby. Okay, so this is like he needs the Confederacy to win.
0: I yeah, he's like he's playing out the Civil War. Uh, What would it it would look like if the Confederacy won, I guess. Uh, I don't exactly understand why this is, like, good for him, but I don't know. (laughs) I I don't uh,
1: know. Weren't the creators of Game of Thrones trying to sell a a show to HBO that was essentially the same premise? Like, what if the Civil War had gone the other way? (laughs) Oh, really? Do you you remember that? Yeah, that was, like, uh, on, like, Deadline or dead spin huh. for for a minute and like yeah that show didn't get pushed through but that was that was their original premise i think that so it got so much backlash just the idea of that um yeah what if slavery was still a thing huh then what would the world be it's like we don't need to know <laughs> we don't need to <laughs> fantasize
0: Major- Jeremy real quick i'm yeah. just going to uh delete uh this 30 page pilot I had written <laughs> real quick.
1: <laughs> 30 Don't pages.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I so, should have gone you, higher. So you that. were going to for a sitcom length. You were going for like yeah, a, a yeah. hilarious sitcom of what if this happened? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Major Briggs stumbles into the sheriff's station, asks to see the sheriff, and collapses is given water and meets with Truman and Cooper and confides in them that he did not believe the Air Force's search for the White Lodge was pure and that he believes he had been there during his disappearance. After predicting a great trouble, he leaves and said that he would be in the shadows. Mm. Andy then came to retrieve the other lawmen to show them to Lana so that Jacoby could explain her high sexual drive rather than a curse. As Jacoby and Lana leave to go for bowling, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure we have a lot to talk about, but let's. Let, why don't we just set it up for the listener? We'll like, we'll like finish what the what the whole scene is, and then we sure. can discuss. Because this is, oh boy. Okay, so as Jacoby and Lana go to go leave to go bowling, they are ambushed by Mayor Dwayne Milford, seeking to avenge his brother. They are being held up with a shotgun, mind you. Cooper has Milford and Lana talk alone in the conference room. The rest of the men wait outside for a moment and go back inside to see Milford's face covered in lip prints, announcing his and Lana's plans to adopt a child. Eric yeah. <laughs> Uh so Eric, why did you write this scene? Why did you put this in the in here?
0: I assume you wrote this episode, right? Uh, I did yes, and uh <laughs> and you see, I was simply uh horny and confused I...
1: <laughs> yeah no,
0: I don't this is there's like so much uh going on here that uh is is just far too much uh but I guess like the rationale of like putting them in the room together while he still has a gun is like. <laughs> pretty insane yeah an insane move uh i don't know i i guess i there's like it's like there's almost like too much going on here that i don't even have it like i don't even know what to say
1: yeah i mean if we were to list out all the problems with this moment in order one jacoby is a sexual predator he is preying on younger women everyone he sees as a therapist he's just preying on uh the second one the old ass mayor is holding up somebody with a shotgun in a police office in a, uh, like a, a, a police station. I assume that's where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, third thing, Cooper in all of his wisdom suggests that the old man with the shotgun planning to kill them, to kill her goes yes. separately into a room to discuss this, leaving them outside. Yeah. So putting her in extreme danger, fourth thing, they go back in, and sh- this there's. I guess the can see here is this woman is so horny that she will just start fucking and kissing and making out with literally anyone she's just in a room with for any amount yeah. of time.
0: I mean, I guess, like, the premise is she's, like, a gold digger kind of a thing, but, like, I get just kind of, like, yeah, like, the way it's done where it, the guy's got, like, lipstick all over mm-hmm. his face and, like, the whole sort of, like we learn about how he she's basically like causing like old men to die from having sex with them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we don't really need all that to like get that. Like this woman is a gold digger, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know?
1: And also the fact that this wasn't all a ploy to get him disarmed so they could arrest the mayor for holding somebody up with a shotgun in a police station is, yeah. that's a sort of backwards kind of, I mean, it's not the nineteen. 19- 20s you know it's not the it's not the 30s or some shit where like cowboy law was still very much a thing in the north pacific northwest this is like modern day well 90s but there are laws eric god there are laws yep um anyways so that was a huge a huge bum bum and then we go we move right into another huge bum bum with uh katherine mm-hmm. shows pete To the still-living Andrew Packard, dun-dun-dun, which surprises him. They tell him that they predicted the attempt on Andrew's life by Thomas Eckerd and faked his death, feeling that Pete did not need to know. So, Andrew Packard, the wife of Josie, or the husband of Josie, still alive. Yep. Uh, Miss Jones rings for Randy St. LaCroix. Or sorry, it's not Saint Lucroy. Just Randy Saint Croix <laughs> at the Great Northern Hotel to check in Eckhart. Yeah, who is a woman, right? Who, Thomas Eckhart?
0: Uh oh yes. no!
1: I guess maybe that's someone who works for him.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. Great. Sorry, my bad. That that was like his maybe his assistant or somebody. Yep. Hayward forces a meeting with Andy dick and lucy to discuss little nicky uh truman asks cooper to investigate whether josie had anything to do with the murder of jonathan kumagi so oh here we go hayward explains to andy and dick that nicky was conceived by an assault on his immigrant mother who died in childbirth and that the orphaned nicky went on to lose his loving foster parents in a car accident this story moves andy and dick to tears yep uh, as James prepares to leave, Evelyn comes to beg him to stay, though James believes it is wrong. She tells him that she loves him. Then the law enforcement show up at the home, Evelyn saying that Jeffrey died in an accident. James realizes that he was being framed for his murder, which Evelyn says was planned by Malcolm. James escapes the home and finds Donna. All very conveniently, yeah. these people are placed. Like As James is like sneaking out of the house, she's also hiding behind the same tree he happens to yeah. walk by. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Uh, uh, Leo walks through the woods until he stumbles upon a cabin. Upon going inside, a man introduces himself to be Wyndham Earl. So this is the first time we get Wyndham Earl which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah, like this, this actor. Good. And I like um and I kinda like this story. I, 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 you know, I agree with you. I don't love the the motivation behind it, but I think Wyndham Earl has potential to be a cool character. Let's see what they do with yes. him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Kenneth Welsh plays yeah. Wyndham Earl. Kenneth Welsh. Uh no idea what else he's in. Um. Apparently, he's in the movie Undercover Grandpa. Uh, Slaves and Masters, episode twenty-two. Jeremy, do you notice who directed this bad boy? I
1: did. I wonder if we were going to talk about it. Diane Keaton.
0: Die Keats, as old, I call her, old
1: Die Kai. What yep. is uh the story here? Do we know?
0: I have no idea to be honest with you I, I, I wish I you know maybe I should have uh, maybe I should have looked this up but uh, no this is directed by Diane Keaton um, and I think she did a okay job. I don't love this episode but uh, I think I like it more than the two we just talked about.
1: Yeah I mean she's walking into what is essentially a disaster but yeah I did think that that was cool. That she was, that she directed it. I would love to have seen Diane Keaton in a David Lynch film at some point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess that's still possible good. that that we could still get that. Let's get that hashtag going. Lynch and Keaton.
0: Uh, yeah, hashtag Lynch and Keaton, uh, and uh, I, I'm sure they'll do it if we get enough people tweeting that out.
1: Um, yes, I'm sure they'll be like, oh, I didn't realize people wanted us to work together. Awesome.
0: Malcolm and Evelyn speak to the police about James pointing the finger at him for the murder of Evelyn's husband, Jeffrey. Um, Donna and James arrive at Wally's hideout. Uh, James insists he's innocent. Uh, Donna suggests they stay on the move to avoid the police, though James believes Evelyn would help them. Donna calls Ed for advice. So... I guess to hide out, they, from Evelyn, they go to the bar where both Donna and James first met Evelyn. (laughs)
1: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh.
0: Bobby and Shelly speak to Truman uh, and Agent Cooper about an attack by Leo Johnson the previous night. Uh, Cooper seems... A little interested in this. Uh, Bobby confirms to tell them that he and Shelley are having an affair, and Hank Jennings uh, had shot Leo just weeks prior. Uh, Albert arrives as the couple leaves on direct orders from Gordon Cole, who is worried about Coop with the uh, present danger of Wyndham Earl. Uh, he presents a map of where Earl uh, has sent packages containing articles of clothing uh, Caroline Earl wore on, her, on hers and Wyndham's wedding night. Uh, and that's nice. That's sweet that Gordon Cole is looking out for Coop, <laughs> for Cooper. There. Yeah,
1: I, I I do I do feel that. I like that. Yeah, the implication here is very meta too. It's like D- David Lynch taking care of Kyle McLaughlin, kind of.
0: Yep. Uh, Leo wakes to uh, Wyndham playing a bamboo flute. Uh, and Earl reads off John uh, Johnson's criminal record. Uh, Leo tries to leave, but Earl takes him as a pawn, placing a shock collar on him and feeding him gruel. You know, Leo was like, we started out the show, he's like a wife beater and Mm. like maybe a drug dealer of some kind. Uh, Generally like kind of a bad, just like piece of shit. You kind of start to like feel like maybe he's gotten what he deserves at this point oh <laughs> you know yeah what I mean? for sure like, yeah what it, the it,
1: fuck? there's a very like um uh, a film that we'll be covering uh sooner than later actually is uh clockwork orange which is a very like similar sort of like idea which is like you watch a character be the worst be the absolute worst uh deserving of nothing short of death and then we see them get tortured to death for a long period of time. And then we're kind of like, uh, maybe lay off them. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's um, a, it's a strange yeah. sort of cinematic effect that I guess the idea there's, you're supposed to kind of question like your own humanity. Like what is, what is fair? What is just, what are morals? You know?
0: Um, yes. Uh, Ed and Norma lay in bed, uh, discussing their troubled relationship. Uh, particularly regretting the Christmas where they could not be together. Uh, However, they also discuss their hopeful future. Nadine enters with a trophy for her second place at the Wrestling District Finals. I wonder who she lost to. Uh, She (laughs) so she basically gets into this bed with her trophy and is all excited and just like has no reaction to the fact that uh, Ed and Norma are just like it like just finished like boning or whatever right um
1: it's like it's kind of a harrowing moment but we also do s- like she does address it
0: yeah yeah because she's like uh, she's Nadine. like
1: she, she basically goes on this huge thing where she's like i think that's so i think it's fine i'm cool with it because i'm yeah. in love with mike yeah
0: yep uh yeah she says she's fine that they're that they're together and she's also been seeing mike Cooper and Truman question Josie about the murder of uh, Jonathan Kumag- Kumagall. Kum- yeah. Uh However, she will not speak of her involvement. Uh, Cooper gets more coffee. Pete Martell arrives with Josie's dry cleaning. He hands it over to Cooper uh, to answer the phone. And Cooper takes a fiber sample from one of Josie's coats. Josie answers the phone Uh, Old Tommy Eckert on the other end. Mm -hmm. Uh, Catherine interrupts welcoming Eckert to Twin Peaks. Uh, Believing himself to be General Lee, Ben Horn uh, muses about his experiences to Johnny and his employees. Uh, Jacoby had believed that his exposure to the public would help him return to normal, but finds it does not. Jerry tells Audrey that they should take uh, advantage of Ben's situation for business purposes. Audrey re- requests Jacoby bring back her father mm, in quotes so, <laughs> yes in quotes yeah 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 bring back yeah so what do you think like Audrey is thinking right now I guess is she like this is kind of like an opportunity for her to like I don't know climb the ladder a bit or something maybe she can get something out of the fact that her dad is utterly insane at, at this point.
1: Right, yeah. He is a
0: no good to no one, no more. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Donna approaches Evelyn at Wally's hideout, asking why she has framed James for the murder. Malcolm shows up and threatens Donna to stay uh, uninvolved. Uh, Albert compares fibers found outside Cooper's room after his shooting and the ones Cooper extracted from Josie, uh, Josie's coat and presents uh, the likelihood of her guilt in Jonathan's murder. Cooper requests Albert to say nothing to Harry until they are sure of her guilt. Mm. Uh, Harry tells Cooper that the murder victim was Eric Powell, whose surname was that of Caroline. Uh, Cooper tells Harry... Wait, hold on. The murder victim was Eric Powell, whose surname was that of... Okay. Powell. What's the surname again?
1: Caroline. uh, Powell would be the surname.
0: Oh, I got you. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cooper tells Harry about Ernie uh, Earl's uh, method of using chess, explaining that whenever he takes a piece from the board, somebody is killed. They decide to employ a local expert at chess. Uh, Double R Diner. Uh, Pete wins three concurrent chess games against Toad, uh, <laughs> Cooper, and Doc Hayward. Uh, he agrees to help out with the investigation. Shelley comes to the diner and asks Norma for her job back. I like this. This was great. Uh, mm-hmm. I really like this. I was sort of like, when can you start? Very nice. Uh, she, uh, Norma approves with no hesitation. Happy to have her back. Carrie then speaks uh, privately with Norma, uh, telling her that Hank will be in prison for a long time due to his various parole violations. So, So that's good, at least. We got... I don't have to worry about Hank for a while, right? Uh, uh yeah, <laughs> I think, I don't know. <laughs> I wonder if,
1: yeah, I wonder what the impetus for this was, you know, like I wonder if, I don't know, Hank maybe got another role on something or it's, they just didn't know what to do with him anymore. I I don't know.
0: Me, no, no, me, no, no. Uh, Thomas Eckert arrives at the blue pine lodge at, uh, to dine with Catherine, uh, discussing his uh, rivalry with Packard, uh, he reveals that he arranged to have him killed because of his obsession with Josie. Uh, James returns to the marsh home uh, asking Evelyn why she had him framed. She says that she did not uh, she did it for money and out of fear but says that she also had a genuine affection for James, which appears to be muted or mutual. Uh, however, Malcolm uh, incapa- pa- incapacitates James, planning to kill him, making up a story to go along with it. So good God, this storyline yeah. is still going on. <laughs> I know it's uh,
1: crazy that it's still happening. Cause you would have assumed after the last episode that it would have concluded. It would have been yes. done. Done. So
0: the fingers were crossed. The fingers yeah. were crossed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ben, Audrey, Jerry, Bobby, and Jacoby, that's uh, quite an ensemble, uh, reenact the uh, <laughs> surrender at uh, Apatum, pot, Mac, Tox, uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> however, in their uh, version of the reenactment, General Grant, played by Jacoby, surrenders, Ben collapses, and when he comes to, uh, he believes that the Civil War reenactment was a dream. Uh, Earl puts on a disguise as he has Leo transcribe a message uh, to be given to Donna, Shelley, and Audrey. I'm
1: so I'm I'm shocked that the disguise wasn't the same as Catherine's disguise. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. He's in he's in full blackface. If you haven't, seen yeah, him, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Malcolm tries to convince Evelyn to get her uh, prince on the gun he plans to kill James with. Uh, Donna then arrives Pleading for James' life As Malcolm demands the gun from her Evelyn shoots him Then uh, mutters the true story Behind uh, his and Jeffrey's deaths Whew. Uh, Cooper yeah. Looks at a photo of Caroline and uh, As Earl passes behind him Delivering a message for Audrey To the hotel's front desk uh, Dale goes to his room uh, This is kind of fun actually Like mm-hmm. Cooper doesn't know, but we know. Yeah, the Earl's there. It's kind of good. Uh, yeah. Dale goes to the, to his room, uh, where he finds a death mask of Caroline, uh, along with a tape recorder message from Wyndham Earl. Yeah, yeah. So you, you
1: know, I could. It's so crazy. Like uh, we have we have just a few more episodes left. I believe we have uh, a total of seven episodes to do left. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that. This stuff with Wyndham Earl and Cooper is very interesting. And they should have just made everything post-Laura Palmer's murder about capturing Wyndham Earl. Like, Wyndham yeah. Earl should have came to the forefront of the story immediately. And then we should have done nothing else but ride that. Ride that out. Because it they're taking it way too this is taking way too long. It's not moving at a quick enough pace. Like we just met Wyndham Earl in the episode previous. So like that is a long time into season two and a long time after, uh, the death of Laura Palmer's dad Leland. Yep. So I I guess in, for my money, it's just like make, make Wyndham Earl as interesting as possible and then make it all about the hunt for Wendell Merle or vice versa. Wendell Merle's hunting Dale Cooper. And then you could still have the major Briggs stuff as sort of your, your weird B plot or whatever. And you could keep some of the other characters afloat. Like I don't mind, I kind of hate what they do with every character, but I don't mind some stuff like, like, uh, you could keep the Catherine and Andrew Packard stuff. if you, if you had to, you know, that's not, that's not the worst. Um, yeah, but it, they, they seem to be very focused on all the wrong things, and they're not giving enough screen time to this Wyndham Earl stuff,
0: which is just so fucking right. cool. They've pretty much ended these last three episodes with like a little like taste of Wyndham Earl. Yeah, we a little, like, a little just taste. Get a little bit more. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Um, so those are those episodes. Uh, as Jeremy mentioned, we have two more episodes to go as we cover season two. Uh it gets it gets better. It gets better if you're if you're just watching for the first time. Um, I I hope you're enjoying yourself. I, I really do. Yeah, it's um, still fun to I'm cover. Still it's still
1: time. fun to watch. It is. It is just you know like uh, it is what it is. It's investigating why you know some things work and some things don't work is is fun. You know, get in, You know, it, it's it's not not everything we watch in this show. In fact, not most things we watch in this show are just fucking like amazing pieces of cinema. <laughs> like I mean right. we're, we're the podcast that covered Leprechaun in the Hood, okay? So <laughs> Yeah. and
0: all of the Final Destination
1: movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. But it's it's uh, still a it's I'm still having a blast with it and I can I can't wait to finish this strong, take a quick break and then go right back into Firewalk <laughs> with me because it's all leading to The Return and The Return is going to be I even though I have not seen it, I i just have this a good feeling about it like i from just hearing uh, you know your rave reviews over it I, I think it's gonna be a good i think it's gonna be a good time so
0: oh you're gonna love it you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have a lot uh you're gonna have a lot to say about it i'm, I'm really excited for you to see the return uh i'm i'm getting like pretty antsy as much as i love twin peaks uh i'm getting pretty antsy to start talking about kubrick jeremy i've Same. been reading uh I I am like a weirdo, and I have attention problems. So I I, I typically read like three different books at once, and yeah. like never finish any of them because it takes so long. Yeah, uh, I'm about halfway through Stanley Kubrick and Me right now, which is written by uh, Kubrick's uh, sort of this guy Amelia who was hired as Kubrick's personal driver. He was like in he was like an a retired race car driver. Awesome, um, and he basically just becomes like Kubrick's like favorite like sort of personal assistant. It's really interesting. I can't wait to talk about that stuff. Uh, That's coming cool. up here. Hopefully, I'll have that. Uh, I don't want to commit to anything, but i but should have it close to done by the time we. <laughs> what's the next Kubrick movie we talk about? By the way, what's after? Uh, is it two thousand one?
1: It's two thousand one. Space Odyssey.
0: Goddamn. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a hoot. That's um, gonna be
1: fun. Yeah, I also uh, I also ordered. So I have the Stanley Kubrick interviews book that I think you also oh have, and yes. I um I also bought two other interviews books. One of them is the David Lynch interviews book, which I cannot yes. wait to get in the mail, and then the other one is the uh inter- the Harmony Corrine interviews
0: book. Oh, that sounds great. Which, that that I, dude, I would love to do a. Harmony Korean podcast at some point.
1: I, I, I'm honestly, i honestly, I'm, I'm pretty certain that's where I want us. That's what I want us to do next, but okay. we got to, you know, I feel like we should, we got to read, we got to ask the fans.
0: We got to ask the fans. We got to ask the fans. But uh, speaking of fans, thank you for listening. Uh, Patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. Uh, we're, um, you should be able to sign up there for for uh, one cent. Hopefully, if I get, I'll get that figured out uh, today. And uh, yeah, stick around. Uh, we will be doing two more Twin Peaks episodes, and we'll get back into Kubrick uh, and Chucky Rules. Four twenty is our Twitter handle. If you ever want to tweet at us, uh, tell us. You know, tell us your secrets. Uh, the DMs are <laughs> yeah. open. Yeah, tell us uh, your secrets. Yes. Uh, confe- our DMs are much like like a confessional booth at a church. You can you can tell us we're and like a therapist. Like you can basically tell us you committed murder and we can't uh do anything about it. Um or we won't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cuz we're cowards. Uh this is going on too long. Uh Norma I'll see you in my dreams. <laughs>